Well, happy Free Form Friday to you. It's almost time for the weekend, which means it's time for another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Yes, Adam, here we are. We're looking at the last Friday in July already. Can you believe it? Wow. Um, time sure flies. And next month, we will be celebrating our 150th episode. We are very excited. Adam and I were just discussing some of the things uh, that are going to happen on that show, and we're just excited um, to share it with you. And uh, so just uh, bear with us and look forward to that. But we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves today. Uh, as I said, it's the fifth Friday in July, so another great Freeform Friday for you. Before we dig into the much wonderful content that we have, today because it is packed i think this will be our biggest freeform friday episode yet this is i think the third one we've done Mm -hmm. and it's pretty good so we'll get right into it but first adam why don't you read us our quote of the day and this comes from god's word but mary stood without at the sepulcher sepulcher thank you weeping and as she wept she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher And see a two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she said, and when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus saith to her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seeketh thou? She supposing she, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary, she turned to herself and saith unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, Master. That's from John 20, verses 11 through 16. And I will share a few thoughts in just a second. But first of all, I want to say thank you, Adam, for bearing with the King's English on these <laughs> quotes of the day. That our verses, we use the King James because that's what I grew up uh, reading and memorizing. We also do it because it's one of the only ones that I know for sure is in the public domain. So um, not that we couldn't use other ones, but that is that is a brief explanation. But I want to say thank you to Adam for bearing with the King's English at times, even though it kind of stretches him but hopefully stretching isn't always a bad thing true but getting back on track this um passage is actually the passage from which um today's hymn story is drawn and we'll get into that in just a moment but i i really like this story because um you see mary um at her wit's end when she's weeping because the body of jesus is gone and she doesn't know why, and then Jesus comes to her, and she doesn't recognize him. But in his name, or in her name, when he says her name, uh, she realizes who it is. And how exciting is that to to know God in such a way that he calls you by your name? And he wants to know us that way today as well. So I just really like this passage. And now... uh, We're going to uh, look at the hymn story for In the Garden.
One day in April 1912, I was seated in a dark room where I kept my photographic equipment and organ. I drew my Bible toward me. It opened at my favorite chapter, John 20. Whether by chance or by inspiration, let the reader decide. That meaning of Jesus and Mary had lost none of its power and charm. As I read it that day, I seemed to be part of the scene. I became a silent witness to the dramatic moment in Mary's life when she knelt before the Lord and cried, Rabboni. My hands were resting on the Bible while I stared at the fight blue wall. As the light faded, I seemed to be standing at the entrance of a garden, looking down at the gently winding path, shaded by olive branches. A woman in white with head bowed, hand clasping her throat as if to choke back her sobs, walked slowly into the shadows. It was Mary. As she came to the tomb upon which she placed her hand, she bent over to look in and hurried away. John, in flowing row, appeared, looking at the tomb. Then came Peter, who entered the tomb, followed slowly by John. As they departed, Mary slowly reappeared. Leaning her head upon her arm at the tomb, she wept. Turning herself, she saw Jesus standing. So did I. I knew it was he. She knelt before him with arms outstretched, and looking in his face, cried Rabboni. And, uh... That is the um, story of the In the Garden um, song and the way that it was uh, put together. And um, I'm sorry, but for some reason, um, I had the, I thought I had the author's name here in the notes. But I do not, so we will include those or include that in our blog post for this article or for this podcast. And uh, we hope that you will, uh, that you've enjoyed this story and that uh, you will uh, think about it when you uh, sing this song. I think that the stories behind the songs really help us to see. Um, what the significance of them is and look at them with a newfound appreciation. So once again, that is the story of in the garden. And, uh, again, we will get you the author's name, uh, in the blog post. So if you look up the blog post for, uh, speaking for him podcast, episode 147, Freeform Friday in July, uh, you'll find that information. And, uh, this, uh, we will also have information, for the piano artist that is playing in the background, I found his YouTube channel and found it very uh, well done and uh, want to make sure that he gets some hits over there on YouTube. And also, I think there's information on purchasing a full CD of instrumental hymns uh, through him. So uh, I will make sure that that information is available on the blog as well. All right, well, that was our hymn story for the day. And now, uh, before we go any further, Adam, did you have any particular contribution to, uh, or something that stuck out to you that you'd like to mention today on our Freeform Friday podcast? 
Well, I, I think the biggest thing for me is, um, you know, it's, it's warmed up a little here in July, but it, it seems like it's, it's been kind of a kind of a different summer. Over the past couple months, we've been talking about, Andrew, you and I, where like Michigan's had two earthquakes. There was one back in late June that a lot of people didn't know about. What? Yeah. So May and June, we had earthquakes. How crazy is that? <laughs> in Michigan. I mean, we're not known for this. You know, we, we get potholes from winter, not earthquakes. Um, and then, uh, of course, uh, continued prayers going out for Portland, Michigan, as they continue to clean up from that tornado that hit uh, a month a month and a half ago. So it's kind of been like uh, Michigan is the big National Geographic channel over the past several weeks. <laughs> That's been kind of crazy. So um glad that the weather and things have calmed down a little bit over the past few weeks. Absolutely. And uh, it, you're right. It is very surreal to think that this stuff is happening in Michigan now. We're up to a count of three earthquakes that have happened in West Michigan in my lifetime, none of which I have felt, which is totally fine <laughs> with me. I would probably totally freak out if I was ever in, in an earthquake. Um, so as much as I kind of talk about living in the South, um, there's there's nothing uh, safer in a lot of ways than my old Midwestern home of the great state of Michigan. Uh, which, by the way, um, was recently voted one of the top states in the country to live, if not the top state, in a recent article. It was. That I saw. I didn't actually read the article, Adam. Did you? Uh, I skimmed through it a little bit. But, but I saw the headline, and I know it was shared by several people, including our lieutenant governor, uh, who I actually um, follow him on Facebook, and he was pretty happy about that. So, um so I just thought that was interesting and kind of a freebie today. Uh, and now uh, we have a couple of, well, actually, let, first, um, I have a uh, minute from my brother. And actually, uh, this segment is now has a permanent name. I'm pretty excited to let you know that um, I always stumble over what to call it, but from henceforth, until the next change anyway, <laughs> it is a minute with the whole chef. And so my brother BJ is uh, has something for us today, this time about salt. The salt of the earth. It says in Matthew 5.13 that ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its, its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. Today I want to talk to you about salt. And frankly, I think salt kind of gets a bad rap. Salt is vital to a lot of our body's functions. Chloride can help your brain develop, and sodium and chloride help regulate the nervous system. Sodium helps with digestion. Um, we have issues with adrenal, adrenal glands that um, are regulated through salt. And of course, salt can help you retain water and help with heating, you know, warming and cooling of your body. Yet we have been told for years that salt is bad for us because it can raise our blood pressure. And this is somewhat true because it, it does... It can raise your blood pressure, and cutting back can lower your blood pressure. But from what I've been reading, um, the amount that it raises or lowers your blood pressure is very small. 
and it really only works in people that are sodium sensitive, which is only about a third to half of the population. And furthermore, um, there's studies that, that seem to indicate that sodium sensitivity is caused by a lack of potassium. So I hope that establishes that we need salt in our diet. I am not a medical doctor, and I realize that if you do have um, problems and you're seeking advice from a doctor and he tells you to cut back on salt, then you need to, to listen to him. But getting into cooking and the saltiness of salt, we know that it's pretty much impossible to cook without salt. You can cut back on salt by using higher amounts of spices or other things, but one thing that salt does that nothing else can do, as far as the taste goes, is salt has an effect on your tongue that actually opens up um, taste buds and lets you taste other things with a much higher intensity. Another thing that salt does is it preserves food really well. Of course, the, the processed manufactured food that uh, we have nowadays uses that to the extreme. They use it to preserve food so they can ship them all over the United States with very little repercussions. They also use salt a lot of times just to cover up tastes, such as lunch meat or other things, where they don't really, really need the salt as much for a preservative, but just to hide the fact that the meat was cooked days or weeks before. If you are doing any kind of canning or preserving or fermenting or bread making, you're going to have to use salt because salt will help keep the bacteria in check so the good bacteria can grow. And we shouldn't be afraid of using salt in our cooking because even the small amount of salt that we do use is much less than you're going to find in manufactured foods. But here's one tip that would help you use less, get less sodium in your diet and increase other necessary nutrients, necessary minerals. There are studies that indicate that one of the reasons why people have low blood pressure, or high blood pressure rather, is because they do not get enough potassium. And so the potassium is found in a lot of fresh um, fruits and vegetables and, and milk and potatoes and things like that. But it is also interesting that sea salt contains, contains a trace amount of potassium. It also contains trace amounts of calcium and magnesium, which are all very necessary for our body's functions. So the tip is to switch to using sea salt. I usually use the white, cheaper sea salt that you can find at the store, at the grocery store. Um, I've used the coarse and I've used the fine ground. And I've also experimented with other sea salts. Um, the real salt and the Himalayan salt being the most popular. To me, I would say the color does indicate that it contains more minerals. But you'll have to ask yourself whether that's worth the cost, because some of the salts can cost like $10 a pound, and 
that can get really expensive. So I hope I have convinced you that when you look at salt, don't think of it as a bad thing. Think of it as a good thing. It's very necessary for our body, and it's it's wonderful for properties for our cooking. And remember to go out and be the salt of the earth. All right, and thank you again to my brother BJ, the whole chef, for that uh, minute, which again tied the uh, physical uh, uh, ramifications and need for salt with some pretty good spiritual lessons as well. And uh, I'm really enjoying being able to bring you these uh, minutes from him, and I hope that you are enjoying them as well. If there's any particular topic that you would like him to address uh, in our next uh, Freeform Friday when he does another episode, uh, please please drop uh, me a line at andrew at speakingforhim.com or you can drop him a line at bjgomison.com. That's G-O-M-M-E-S-E-N at gmail.com and give him your suggestions as far as that goes. All right, Adam, now these next couple items are just for fun, uh, and so I'm, I'm kind of excited just to have some fun with you on these. This first one is a YouTube video that I happen to stumble on through Facebook. Facebook is great for finding useless information <laughs> and just funny stuff in general. I don't know if you had a chance to to watch this at all when you were putting it in, getting it ready for the show. <laughs> but I think our listeners are in for a treat. Uh, this is called Bohemian Momsity. And it's basically a parody of the Bohemian Rhapsody song from a mom's perspective. So why don't we go ahead and roll that, Adam? All right. Is this my real life? Where is my fantasy? Caught in a pigsty, no escape from reality. Open my eyes, my kids are staring at me. I'm just a poor mom who needs a sack to pee. But I'm wiping butts, folding clothes, driving kids to and fro. Anywhere that I go, they just want to follow me, follow me. Mama just screamed again, cause the kids are late for bed, but heck at least they're fed. Mama. Their lives have just begun And now my life's in total disarray Mama ooh, I just want to cry Have to wake up and do it all again tomorrow Up at dawn with my spawn My house is in tatters I see a little silhouette of my kid. Give me juice, give me juice. I told you no. Oh my god, the fighting. Always, always fighting. It was his fault. It was her fault. It was his fault. It was her fault. I don't care, I just said no. I'm 
just a poor mom, nobody lets me She's just a poor mom who has to go peace Ever sick and just let her be Please my son, let me go, will you let me go? Mommy, no, we will not let you go Let me go! Mommy, we will not let you go Let me go! Mommy, we will not let you go Let me go! We will not let you go Never let you go Never let you go No, 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 no Mamma mia, mamma mia, mamma mia, let me go Come on, my love, I have to be, to be, to be, to be Bohemian Momsity. All right, Adam, what do you think? <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> and here's the worst thing. I'll never be able to hear that Queen song the same again. <laughs> that was off the chain, creative-wise. I don't know who comes up with this stuff, but I'm thankful <laughs> for YouTube, which brings it to us. And, uh, again, we will have a link to that actual video in the show notes for the blog and I think um, the people that put that together have some more videos. So, um, yeah, make sure you check that out. Oh, don't miss and it. If you like to find new YouTube comment, maybe even subscribe to their channel so that you can stay up to date because that was great. So, <laughs> All right, well, we have one more thing that I wanted to uh, address in uh, in this episode, and that is, I found this article called The United Suites of America, <laughs> which basically um, goes through every state in the union and talks about the desserts that um, that each state is known for. And I did not realize when I asked Adam to print this out that it's half a tree long. <laughs> you got a whole cookbook over and there. And we will not be going through the whole uh, list for time constraints, but I'm going to hit some of the highlights. And again, this link will be on the blog. And I also think I may challenge my sisters to kind of bake their way through this. <laughs> um, All 50 states. It doesn't have to be in rapid succession, but I just think it'd be cool to, if I can't visit all the states, at least visit them via dessert. All right. Um, so... Adam, you were talking to me a little bit about this earlier. You looked through it a little bit. Was there anything that stuck out? 
Oh boy. I think that I may be heading to either Montana or the state of Maine soon because Montana is known for s'mores. And the picture they have is a, is a double decker s'more. So, I mean, that's it's priceless okay, right there. Because on the surface, you're like s'mores. Everybody does s'mores. Yeah. Sounds like there might be something a little bit special about a Maine s'more. I think they do, they do something special. They, that's the tallest s'more I've ever seen on this picture, so that's got to be good to go. And then in Maine, they make homemade blueberry pie, which I'm always weak for, so yeah. i got to go. Well, there's a gooey butter cake Ooh. in Missouri, which, which seems intriguing. Just a lot of interesting stuff here, and so uh, we don't have a, uh, time to go through the whole thing, but... I thought it was very interesting, the criteria that they used, because they said no apple pie and no chocolate chip cookies. Which is like all-American, you know? They said those those are pretty much owned by every state and that it would be unfair for one state to take credit for them. This is true. So, And then also, if you go on there, you can see a full-color map of the sweets across America or the United Sweets of America. I actually have had... Baked Alaska, by the way. I requested it one year for my birthday, and and actually it took I think it took a couple of years before I actually got it. But I did have it, and it's really good, and I would love to have it again. Um, <laughs> but uh, another thing they said was, well, they said no two states can have the same dessert, and brands are not desserts, which was an important distinction as well. Um, because we kind of get hung up on brands. And there's just all kinds of, of, of good things in here. Um, so I will leave it at that. Um, I don't know, maybe as I have my sisters bake through this, I will refer back to it. Um, was there anything else that uh, stuck out to you, Adam? Uh, one that was kind of surprising in uh, Nevada, their dessert was chocolate fondue. Kind of odd. I don't know. I, I I know they have like, I don't know, well, mudslides and stuff there, but I, I don't see I, I did do fondue once. One time I was with my uncle and aunt um, for my birthday and, and I requested fondue and we did it. We first did cheese fondue Ooh. and then we did chocolate fondue for dessert. And it is pretty good. It's kind of messy. Yeah. So it's not <laughs> a little bit like the the easiest dessert to have. But there's just some interesting things. And like I guess one of the some of the things are like totally regional desserts like you can't um you wouldn't even really know what it was unless you read the the description. Yeah. And then other things it's hard to believe that they actually gave them to a state like to, to hear that uh, Oregon was the blackberry cobbler state or that Pennsylvania is known for banana splits. Now, again, this is one person's opinion, so I don't think it's like a, I don't think most of the states picked a state dessert, but um, I just found that interesting and wanted to throw that out there for discussion. I hope that you've enjoyed this Freeform Friday. Uh, there was a lot of info here. We'll have a lot of links on the blog. Hopefully I remember to listen to this before posting it so that I make sure all the links go in um, <laughs> so that you have the complete experience. But I really hope that you've enjoyed this Freeform Friday. If you have any funny videos or uh, funny stories that you think 
Adam and I should discuss as part of uh, this Free Forum Friday adventure. I think uh, the next month with five Fridays, if I'm not mistaken, is this coming October. Um, so that's when we'll be going back to Freeform Friday. But moving right along, uh, we, uh, we're, we're very thankful that you take the time to listen every week to the Speaking for Him podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the content here on Freeform Friday. If you have any comments, questions, concerns about the content, please make sure you let us know with the contact information at the end of the show. Uh, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week when we want... And until then, we encourage you to keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 